Listen, players. <laughs> You're listening to the Movement, Strength and Play podcast by the School of Calisthenics. Here are your hosts, Tim and Jacko. All right, this week's guest needs no introduction, but people say that, but you have to do an introduction because they always say, we even need no introduction and then do an introduction. And we're going to do the same thing because we need to tell you who it is. But it is none other than Mr. Jason Bell, former NFL athlete, now award-winning broadcaster and presenter of the NFL show here in the UK. Absolute legend. I enjoy every conversation I get to have with Jason. And he came on to talk specifically about life on leaving the NFL and investing in his physical pension. Yeah, and one thing that's important when we are investing in our physical pension is not just the training we do, but obviously being able to look after our bodies and the recovery is a huge element of that. And something that is obviously we've talked about plenty about before uh, with helping with our recovery is the utilization of replenishing magnesium stores through Epsom salt bathing or even Epsom salt showers. And uh, a massive thank you to the podcast sponsors, Newton Wood, who specialize in the purest of Epsom salts um, and uh, they are sponsoring this podcast series based on the investing in our physical pension and this is actually part one of five so you're going to get a little bit of insight from various different people like Jason that are uh, that are looking to invest in, in their physical pension change a little bit about the way they're training and start to look after their bodies which we are massive advocates of and going to be looking at helping them to do that do you want to tell them Timbo what you've been doing specifically with Jason on this yeah, so Jason and I have been working together for, for a while now just on starting to help him to improve his performance and getting back to a point where he's pain-free. And we've been in, communicating and sharing program ideas. And I've been writing training programs for him via our Purpose Built coaching app, which we are super excited to launch. What? Uh, we've got a coaching app? We've got a coaching app. <laughs> and it's now live. And there's an opportunity for you to come and work with expert coaches at the School of Calisthenics. Something we've always focused on and been very proud of is that we genuinely believe that we have got some incredibly talented and skilled coaches as part of our team. And now you've got a great opportunity to work one-on-one with one of those coaches to get real individualized training and input, support, accountability, you know, all the good stuff that we use all the time to help us to move forward in every area of our life. You see it in, in from business to sport to everything that we do surround yourself with somebody who can help you to get you where you need to be and we've just created a great little platform and made it super easy for you to do that in your calisthenics training so let's just let's just say i need to let that just embed let's just say that again we have a brand new app of calisthenics coaching app where within literally in your pocket or in your hand you're going to get access one-on-one to one of the expert coaches at the school of calisthenics um let just that just sit and embed in there's a momentous occasion for us in terms of pushing that coaching and providing uh, that specialized coaching for those of you that are looking to get that extra little edge and that extra little help and guidance with your training now places are limited there is like a, a waiting list of people as well so if you are interested you need to take action fast um you know it is to be working one-on-one with these coaches um so there aren't unlimited spots it's, it's not an automated service there's no robots it's real people so there's only a certain number of clients that we can take on so places are limited um and so if you want to get involved then you need to take action quick and the links will be in the show notes for that um so you can click through and uh get involved with the brand new 
Schoolcast and its coaching app. Just got to rewind very quickly, Jacko, before we get into the podcast. Now, this is a disclaimer. Jason is a big fan of the, the bath-based recovery products and the Epsom salts, particularly as we talked about from Newton Wood, which we are big fans of. You can use those in the shower as well. It's coming into summertime. You're like, why well, do I want to be sitting in the bath? Well, get them on in the shower. You can just use them. They dissolve really quickly and just rub them in as you would do normally like your shower gel absolute winner but Jason mentioned something else in the podcast which we do not endorse at all and is about as far away from the purest quality Epsom salts that money can buy that you can imagine and if you want to know what that is you have to listen to the end of the podcast but we do not endorse what he said and he actually didn't want to tell us he's like I have to tell you off air and then we like, nudged him and he told us on air and it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's I don't uh... think he doesn't endorse it he basically doesn't endorse it either but he sort of goes but it does work <laughs> so like, yeah, keep it clean that. keep it natural that is the message to take away from this if you want to put something in your bath you want to put something in your bath <laughs> to make yourself feel better sleep better recover better replenish magnesium stores they're notoriously low in those of us that train regularly then get some of the uh, Epsom salts from Newton Wood they're available uh, there'll be a link in the show notes as well they're available from the store you buy them in these uh, little little sachets super uh, cheap as well so for a good night's yeah. sleep like 250 to get started with a small bag and like the, some, the night of sleep that you can get off the back of using these if you get the rest of your bedtime routine sorted it is way worth way more than £2.50 yeah, I promise you that. Yeah. There we go. Right. right. That's enough. Great introduction, Tim, that we didn't need, but we I guess we probably did need it because we had quite a few exciting oh, things to tell people on, about. We went on, but I was excited. This is a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. This is Jason Bell on the Movement, Strength and Play podcast. Roll that jingle. Welcome live to the Movement, Strength and Play podcast, Jason Bell from the NFL show. How are you doing, my good friend? I'm good. I'm good. Live TV always makes me nervous, so, um, I'm, I'm, but I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, at least you're used time. to it. We don't even know what we're doing. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Jason, absolute pleasure to get you back on. This is your second visit to the to the podcast with us, um, and this time, so in, in, in the previous podcast, we talked a bit about your NFL career, background, injuries. This week, we want to talk a little bit more around what the future looks like for you. And we've been talking about for for a number of weeks now, months, about this idea of a physical pension, which is something that we've started working together on, um, trying to help you to get rid of some of those aches and pains and reclaim some of that movement which you lost. For those people that haven't listened to the first podcast or may not have come across an award-winning broadcaster am i right you got it this year yeah you should actually we have the award in the win. background get rid of those yeah that's surely the, the trophy is somewhere there up. i'm waiting for them to deliver it i really am <laughs> give us a little bit just tell us a little bit about like about your, your sporting athletic background your work on the nfl show and then just dive us into a little bit about where, where you were at physically when we first connected sometime last summer before the world got locked down and stole all our fun all right. So, I, you know, I've been playing uh, football since I was 14 years old, college five years, the NFL for seven. Uh, so a, a, a lot of trauma, a lot of injuries. Got hurt in college. Uh, my heel had a surgery on that. I, almost, I missed a year, almost was not able to make it to the NFL. So when I got in the league, it was an uphill battle because now of that. How, how old were you then, Jason? I was first surgery. First surgery, I was 21. I think I was 21. Yeah. So I would have um, that year I was one of the top corners in the in the country 
And the next year I would have got drafted probably pretty high, but missed the entire season. So I didn't think I was going to ever play football again, to be honest. It's very lucky to get back on the field. So it, uh, it really put a lot of things in perspective. And, and it's why I kind of view my process in the world the way I do now is because of that um, time in my life. But that's what probably helped me sustain and last in the NFL as long as I did up until the back injury. And that's because I understood the battle and I understood how to overcome all the adversity that was in front of me. <clears throat> Sorry, that being said, got, um, got hurt in, in the pros my second year, um, ended up winning an award for the player, <clears throat> sorry, comeback player of the year, and um, broke my forearm, played again, broke my forearm again, <laughs> played through that, and then had to retire because of a back injury. Um, so I have an artificial disc in my back now, and that is the reason why my career ended. But I probably had about one or two years after that. So I played as long as I probably could have. You got some Jack metal in those <laughs> arms. Is that right? Yeah, got metal in the arms, got a metal rod in both arms, both forearms. So um, it was hard getting through airports for a while, but they kind of figured that out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a little <laughs> difficult. The wands, I go off all the time. So I'm a security hazard. Trust me. <laughs> I remember I, I was supposed to have a metal plate put in my cheek after I broke my cheekbone once. And after the surgery, when I woke up, the doc came in and he was like, oh, we, uh, we, we, we pulled it back into place. And um, it was, I checked it. He sort of like was doing this. Like, he was like, we checked that it was stable. And I'm like, were you literally just punching me in the face? I was asked to see. Um, and he said he didn't need a plate. So I, work, I was actually a bit good because I wanted that. I wanted the whole, like, walking through the airport, the sirens going off and being like, yeah, I've got some metal in me. But um, I mean, that's a cool. Yeah, I think so. I bet actually it's just annoying after the first time. But just some context for people, there'll be, uh, I think there's a lot of the audience will be in America, so they'll know when you say football, we're talking American football. But for, for the UK listeners, and this was a bit of a surprise to me, like not really knowing that much about American football, thinking that the career-wise would be similar. Like in, in, in football, in, the, in England, like soccer, people will play now to like, you know, Ronaldo's like mid-30. Like people will play from, from 18 up until mid-30s professionally, sort of no problem. Whereas the NFL career is a, is a lot shorter. Just give us a bit of context of that just to set the scene. Yeah, well, first of all, it's a lot shorter because we go through the college system. So a lot of us are getting drafted in our 20s compared to in our teens. Yeah. <clears throat> and then also it's, the, it's, it's a physical sport. So you have to stay healthy. And then there's competition. Every year you have the new college guys coming in trying to take your job, and you don't have a semi-pro league. So you're either there or you're not. So it's mm -hmm. constant competition, and you have to stay healthy. So in the NFL, in the first couple of years, you have to identify your skill set and your role, and you have to just be the best at that. And whoever they bring in to compete with you, you have to win that battle every offseason for that job. Because, you know, in the NFL, it's a a position-specific sport. So uh, everyone has a role, and you're in a constant battle for that. And you see guys that last a long time uh, because they're there for a while, but that's, that's not the norm. It's about a two-and-a-half-year average. So if you, can, um, if you can get over that hump, you have, you've beat the statistical odds. Is it worse, Jason, for like certain positions over others? We obviously, we see the, the likes of, of the Braders and Aaron Rodgers who've just been in the league for, for years and years. Is it, is it more like in your position where, because obviously those guys, are, the job is for the most of the teams to protect them from, a, from an offensive perspective, but do you find that you get higher player turnover in other positions? 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's really hard for the running backs, the guys that uh, get the ball handed off to them and they get tackled on every play. That That is a hard <laughs> position. Constantly contact every down. You're getting hit. People are attacking you. But and by I the feel biggest that, dudes on the pitch as well, right? You're, you're like they, not a big dude and you get, you get absolutely piled by huge guys. That's your job. Yeah, and, and that's what the piles are. I mean, those guys are underneath the pile constantly. I don't know how they do it, actually. I've been under the pile before, and I panicked like I was a child. So <laughs> those guys on every play, they're doing it. But that's a pretty difficult and tough position. I feel like at that position, you don't really slow down. You kind of fall off of a cliff. They're like they're, they're really good, and then all of a sudden, uh, the skills are just gone because of that uh, physical um, toll that it takes on their body so that would be a tough one when you talk about the quarterback position you're right they last longer because they're protected and the rules are set up to keep them healthy which I totally understand so um, and that's why that is Uh, you see a lot of positions where the people and players that last are those that understand their deficiencies as, as they get older so if they slow down they understand the game so well and they've studied for so many years that that lack of speed or that lost step they make up um, with their knowledge of the game and you see those players excel as they get older yeah yeah are you well, in contact um, with other people that sort of play with you jason like we're going to move on to this uh, this, this kind of uh this conversation around people who were there'll be loads of people they've <laughs> played at such a pretty elite level as you did or were like weekend warriors as we sometimes call them like like i was just being a bit too small for a rugby player, but going out every weekend and just getting absolutely filled in um, and still coming out of that career of like 20 years of trying to play at a relatively mediocre level, but just getting... And that's just in the bar bigger boys. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And like, and it's obviously made me laugh before because Jacko has got this thing he said to me before, which made me smile, where you said like, you got an award for best comeback in our, in, in my leagues. It was like, that was like the most improved player. And Jacko affectionately says that was the worst player from the year before gets that award the following season. That was the kind of play that I was. (laughs) (laughs) You better take all the awards you can get. It doesn't matter what it is. I've actually got... I need a cabinet. (laughs) I've got one from when I was like six years old, which I think is like the first uh, uh, award I ever... or like thing I ever got, and it was best effort. (laughs) And like, (laughs) that basically meant you were rubbish, but you were just a trier. This kid's got a week. chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> but do, do you find that, what is the general story of people coming out of the NFL? Obviously, concussion has been a big one, but like, if you guys are just going out there and the intensity of training and, and as you say, the competition, that all brings a melting pot from a physical perspective of just, it's a hard place to survive. So when you get, sort of when you leave the, the NFL at the elite level, you say there's not really the league for you to drop down. So you, you must find that a lot of people with a similar situation to you of just coming in broken, battered, and then have, I mean, how old were you when, when you retired from the NFL just turned 30 okay so you've now got 50 hopefully more years of your life to live with what the NFL gave you as a parting gift talk to us a little bit about that about what it was like when you left and, and then how you kind of felt in your body and then what that was like for the next sort of three four five years from there onwards well it's it's interesting because when you I look back on it it was probably one of the most difficult times in my life and It was because no matter how prepared you are for it, you still have to live through it. And the hard part is you you come into the NFL or whatever profession you do, usually with your peers, um, with people of the same age, doing the same thing, the same struggles. When you retire, you do it by yourself. It's not like you choose with a group of players. Hey, we're going to retire this year and go through this process (laughs) together. Hey, let's do it. No. 
they're still playing. You have to go on and do whatever is next that you choose to do in your life. And you're usually doing that by yourself. You have people to help you, but you have to overcome a lot of things. And I'll be honest, it's like something inside of you dies. It's something you've done your whole life of you focused in on. And it was everything that you thought of every day and it's over. And so even with me, I knew what I wanted to do when I retired. Uh, it was still hard. It was still tough. Uh, luckily, a friend of mine, was he got hurt at the same time. His name's Carlos Edmonds. He's one of my closest friends, a linebacker, and he played 13 years. And we both had back injuries and retired at the same time. And I remember talking to him for at least four or five hours a day, uh, probably six, seven months. I mean, just me and him on the phone. And, you know, he was starting a business. I was going, you know, starting my business. We had things to do. But we were just depressed, man. We were used to going to practice every day. Our routine was disrupted. It changed. and It was hard. So dealing with that on the mental side and uh, dealing with the physical pain of he had back surgery, I was going through rehab, getting ready for back surgery. So it wasn't like we could physically go out there and do what we had done our whole life. So it was a it was a constant battle every day. But luckily, you know, I had strong people around me to really help me and assist me through that process. But you know, every player that leaves their sport or something they've done their whole life, regardless if it was a sport or a job or anything, a career, uh, it's that period of mourning. And I, I always say, you know, be be sensitive to yourself in that process. And it's OK to, you know, to be upset and grieve because it's natural. And, and, and that was the process with me when I was going through it. I didn't know it was so intense. But when I look back, uh, I'm very aware of what was happening now. Yeah. Is there any like <coughs> obviously like I'd I'd finished playing pro as well and and there was never really I'd always knew you you know in your mind like it's gonna you're not gonna do these sports like forever so you're gonna need to you're gonna retire whether it's from injury or just uh, whatever it's gonna happen but you don't really think too much about it um, and certainly there my experience there wasn't like an awful lot of it's, I think it's a little bit better now but. Um, much support or just awareness for that is there are you seeing you know you're doing stuff with the nfl academy like uh is there is there any sort of like support out there now or just helping people prepare or is it still there's so much of a focus on just like performing this season or this day in practice this game at the weekend and looking ahead to get sort of left a little bit behind what's your sort of view on that and is there any changes going on there there has been a lot of change, especially in the NFL. They do their best to kind of support and put programs together for players in that process. But you make a good point. Regardless how much that you get yourself ready for that transition, you can't have one foot and one out of a professional sport or anything. Like, you you know, you got to be all in or you could really get hurt, you know, or, or something could happen. Your performance would suffer uh, drastically. So you are all in when you're in. So how much attention are you actually giving to what you're going to do next? Uh, you can have a goal in mind and start to, uh, get those relationships figured out to, uh, make your pathway smooth, but still it's, it's a crash course because, uh, you're all in or you're all out. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, even even at my level in Jacker, we've talked about this before. But um, when I when I stopped playing rugby, like I'd been a rugby player since I was 11 years old, 10, 11 years old, and then at age probably. Th- 20, 30, something like that, I think when I stopped playing, that identity of like, I'm not a rugby player anymore. I'm not going to be with my rugby mates anymore that much. And and it's, I, I struggled with that, even at a, a, a relic, well, a very average amateur level. But like, how did you, like, because I, I think we sometimes can, can forget that that's, that that's your life, as you said before. Have you got any advice for anybody, even at whatever level, when they are, they have identified for as long as like you did when you, as a, as a football player and other people, my wife's a hockey player. She's thinking about whether she's going to play anymore. What does it mean to kind of not have that identity anymore? How did you transition it into something else? Oh, that, that, that is tough. Um, what I, I won't say lucky, but what happened to me is college. When I got hurt at UCLA and I thought I was never going to play again, that's when I had that identity crisis. Mm-hmm. I didn't know of Jason without football, you know, without being a football player. And so that year I went through that and it was hard. It was tough. It was probably easier for me because I was younger. I was in college. You know, everybody's trying to figure their self out and what they're going to do next. Um, So I went into the NFL understanding that I was never going to identify myself with just being an NFL player. I didn't allow people to do that to me and I didn't do it to myself. Uh, and that is why when I retired, my identity was already headed towards something else and, and, and what my view of myself was. But I had went through that pain before. I see players go through it all the time. And once again, it's, it's one of those things where I'm always like, it's okay to feel like this. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Like not a lot of people, yeah. not a lot of people are professional athletes at you know or or at the top in the world so and most of the time if you are you don't have to stop doing it like you can be the best lawyer in the world when do you stop when you want to stop you know I mean you you're forced to stop doing something you have worked your whole life to do or you have to change and that is difficult Uh, and I say lawyer because I remember talking to my lawyer in Los Angeles about it and we were having this discussion me him and some other players and he looked up and he goes you're right I I don't want to stop practicing law like, I, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. And he just, it just changed like his whole perspective on it. So I think athletes in general or anyone that is, is changing, a, a dramatic change in a career, it's okay to feel lost. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to feel like you've lost your identity. Like, don't feel bad because of that. Because it just gets better every day. You just find something else and you carry that with you and you are proud of what you are. Like, now that I retired, I completely identify with being an NFL player. I'll, I'll say it at any moment I can. I loved every second of it. <laughs> you know, now that I can look back on my career and I have transitioned into other things. But when I was playing, I was so scared of that transition that I avoided being wrapped up in that. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's just a balance. Yeah. I think the, 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 the best bit of advice you say there is like rather than what I love is the fact you haven't gone trying to actually give some advice, like try this to do this, try that. It's just like just let you let yourself know that it's okay to feel those things and like you will work them out like the 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 next day will come and the next thing will happen and stuff will stuff will go on um and just accept it yeah i I think that's really i I wish i'd had some of those conversations before it happened but just to hear that i think is 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 great um and and i guess we've talked a bit about um 
a bit about how some of the injuries you had and um, some of the some of the things that some of the other players will have, have gone through and and that whole thing of like thinking about the future from a, what you're going to do identity wise, what you're going to do job wise, and all that sort of stuff. But there's also a case of like what are we doing um, to to look after our bodies and look after our, ourselves physically and mentally. And those two things are linked in together because if we physically feel good, like mentally that helps. If physically we're in pain, like it's very difficult for you to be happy mentally and, and you know, flourishing in other areas of your life. So, um, you know, we've, uh, well, I say we, T- Tim Tim coined this phrase that, that we use, the, the invest in your physical pension. Uh, Tim's Tim's always the good ideas guy with, with all the slogans. Um, <laughs> That's a good and, partnership uh, you guys got too, by the way. That's good, that's good. Keep it up. Well, I, so there was one thing I was thinking before of like, there must be certain, we can make it less NFL specific in, in a second. It's just I was thinking of when we talk about those different positions and players and, and the ones that get sort of battered the most, I just think of like, I don't even know, I don't know a lot about the positions, but like the massive dudes that are at the front, they're just like, just literally like a fridge and they just like push each other like this. Oh yeah, and then every day. I'm like, I'm thinking, I want to be that guy. Like <laughs> he looks like, he looks like he's so big, like he doesn't get hurt by other people. And I imagine he has a great time. Uh, his diet must be amazing. <laughs> they're trying to keep the weight up. You know, most of them can't sustain that weight. They're always, you know, they're, they're trying to stay big because if you lose five or 10 pounds, you are getting just, pushed around. So yeah. it is important. Yeah, they, uh, all of them when they retire, the big guys they usually go one or two ways they usually get really thin and you you look at them yeah. and you're like who are you or they get or, <laughs> like, yeah and you, those are smart you ones you're like what happened to you you look like you look like a surfer man you look great <laughs> or uh, you know the ones that get too big you're always a little worried about but uh players are well aware of what they need to do now when they retire to take care of their health uh, yeah. to what you were saying earlier so yeah, uh, so was, my, my first my first question um, on on this whole sort of like physical pension side of things, look after is um, something that I used to really struggle with and, and still probably do to to this day and probably will forever. But over time, it, it's changing. Is that like that mindset that you get when you're training for like the NFL? Like you're going like boom, like the, everything is about. It's not about um, oh. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna train like this because that means I'm gonna like not have back pain when I'm older I'm gonna it's like I'm just gonna I've got to hit that guy as hard as I can and like we don't necessarily have regard for it's, it's a different mindset right and so how is that how is that how is that mindset like for you have you found it difficult to in terms of like what you're doing with your training now like how is that impacted and how has how have you had to change that mindset towards how you approach like physical exercise and you know you must be a competitive guy like you don't get to where you've done in the NFL by like by loving training and being competitive, but obviously now things have to look a little bit different. I think, um, to your point, I I like to train for a goal, right? I never went into the gym and was like, oh, you know, I need a I need a bigger bicep, <laughs> you know, or something like crazy. Like, I mean, there are players that went in there and, you know, they did things for aesthetic value, but <laughs> I, I just never, I was like, you know what? I'm tired of getting pushed around, so I need to do this, or I need to be faster, I need to do this. I, I always yeah. had a goal in mind. So because of that, it's the same way I approach training now. First of all, you're, you're, you're spot on when you talk about um, being physically feeling well to do whatever you need to do and be engaged, especially mentally. Like a lot of stuff I do, I approach it just like I do the game. Like I got to feel well. My body has to feel well for me to go out there and be productive. So if I'm in any pain, that is really hindering the things that I'm trying to do now. Even though I don't play, you know, I'm not 
pushing anybody around or running fast at all, but I have to feel physically fit. And pain does not fit into that equation. So now when I train, it's all about understanding what end result I want. How do I want to feel? So I need to train to feel better. So that's the competition. The competition is, all right, if I do this, if I stick to this, if I have this discipline, if I just listen to what Tim and Jack are telling me and do these workouts the right way, <laughs> then, you know, I will get the result that I need, which is feeling better, feeling stronger. And especially being a dad, you know, being able with a daughter, being able to be uh, physically imposing for as long as possible. So, <laughs> you know, I thought you were going to say to keep up with her and be able to decide. No, no, I just want to answer the door and look strong. That's, that's all I'm trying to do. So it's about aesthetics now. Just, yeah, that, that, that is, yeah, just wear a bunch of sweaters and just look really strong. So, uh, sent, you know. I sent Jacko, when, when Naima, my little girl, she's now four weeks old, was born, I sent Jacko that, that clip from Bad Boys where they answer the door <laughs> and it's Reggie there. Yeah. And I was like, mate, this is me and you <laughs> in 18 years' time. <laughs> that's it. Pressure. It's like, you, you know, have you seen her dad? Oh, man, you yeah. better, better be nice. You know, <laughs> I was going to say before, like it makes when you talk about the nutrition for the guys going back, like I think these two things can come together. I watched uh, the All or Nothing, the Philadelphia Eagles edition, and there's a guy for Thanksgiving there who put a turkey in a deep fat fryer. Like I've never seen that. You've never seen that? Like, oh man, you need to go to Texas, man. Come on. I, I should, when I first got to Texas, everybody was doing that. I said, this this looks like a fire hazard. This is, this is, <laughs> this is <laughs> what are, we don't it. do this in LA. Um, but Some no, kind of it's, health it's, hazard for sure. it's good though. It's, it tastes really good, but yeah, it's a uh, a lot of homes have been victimized because of that process. But that plus like boyfriend intimidation, I think get on the deep fried turkeys, get a few <laughs> jumpers on, get a few bicep curls done, and like no boy is coming anywhere near. That's the way I see it. Hey, that's I've it. Got a, I've got a weird one for you that the we used to, we've had some like uh, fairly big Tongans and and Samoans come and, and play with us. And they would have some interesting um, eating habits. One of which I'd never come across this before. So I don't really. Where they'd get a whole French baguette, chop the top off, eat all of the bread on the inside, then get like a can of Coke or like some sort of fizzy pop drink and pour that in Mm. to the baguette that's like got no middle and then eat this like weirdly fizzy, like soggy bread thing. Really? That's that's amazing. I grew up with Samoans and Tongans, so... uh, Uh, but yeah, I've never, I've never heard of that one. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was, maybe that was, uh, that was there. They'd eat a whole loaf of bread in like, what, like a snack would be a loaf of bread, dip a loaf of bread in it, uh, a cup of tea and a, lo- a whole loaf of bread, just dipping it in. Oh man. Snack. man. Like these, these it, the, the French are croissants dipped in coffee. That's the, uh, that's the Parisian yeah, way. Um, sorry, that was a serious conversation we're having about physical futures and I just <laughs> yeah, hijacked it with deep fried turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where do we go back? Let's get back to that. So in terms of, of that feeling moving forwards and being fit and able for the future, let's talk a little bit about um, your sort of journey into calisthenics. Because when we first met up, you were like already like super engaged and excited about that form of training. How, what's the mindset around that in terms of what you were doing before? I'm not sure many people were kind of, I don't know if hand balancing has quite made it to the NFL yet. <laughs> I mean, it's to come because it's good for shoulders. But um, you, you were already quite invested down that line. What was your mindset around what you thought about calisthenics and bodyweight training and, and what it represents for you in terms of the benefits it might bring? So when I was playing, I think maybe my second year, I was introduced to calisthenics. I started, uh, I read a book about it and I started doing a ton of body squats and a lot of uh, handstands and pull-ups and things of that nature. And it just made me, it, it, 
the lactic acid buildup and, and the strength I got from that just made me so dangerous on the football field. I could run for days and I couldn't get that through lifting weights. So I saw the immediate results and I knew how many I needed to do during the week and I would taper off towards the game day and I just I could feel it immediately. And even with just when I started doing a lot of pull ups, it was when when I had to get a defender off me or somebody trying to block me. No matter how much weights I lifted, I didn't have that same power I did from pull-ups where I could pull guys and move move them. So it was something that I just continued to test um, each week, uh, every year. So I realized, you know, I got to lift weights. I had, I had to have that base, but it's this calisthenic stuff that's taken me uh, to the next uh, level. And when I was, when I did not do the body squats the way I was doing them, uh, throughout the year, if I just got lazy, I could immediately feel it. Like it, it probably took a week or two. And then I was like, I need to get back on it. So I knew the stuff worked. And I knew in the off season, before I started to get ready to train again, I would do that first to kind of get my base together. So I just, I was testing it on myself. I understood it worked and I understood it didn't put the pressure and and pain on my joints, especially with the back issue I had, because I was born kind of with a fusion uh, with my sacrum to my hips. So it's certain things I couldn't do. So it was it gave me the ability to work around all those things, but yet feel stronger than I did lifting weights. Yeah, I think that's one point I was going to make. I mean, loading up a back squat with a ton of weight on it when you've got a lower back issue is just never going to be a good idea, compressing the spine in that way. So you've been able to find that way to get the athletic edge that you wanted. And, and a load of people in strength and conditioning would go, bodyweight squats won't make you run fast. And, and like pull-ups and that sort of thing won't make you as strong as doing weights. But I always refer back to, yeah, there's always going to be a place for lifting heavy weights for power and speed development. But like you say, that connection that you get when you're doing pull-ups, for example, it's that total body. We, I, we talk about fascial slings, right, and chains. So it's, it's the ability of the whole body to create force in a dynamic environment where people are moving at high speeds and it's awkward. It's not the same as just pulling a weight off the ground. Um, I definitely think that's a, it's a key part for, for where this sort of st- stuff fits within athleticism. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool to hear that you've, you've kind of actually experienced that because a lot of people would look at it from the outside in and go, if I want to get strong, I've got to deadlift 200 kilos. Hmm. There's a role for it, but not, it's not the, the be all and end all. It's no magic bullet. No, you got to be, you know, when it comes to sports, competitive sports, right, you have to have muscle endurance. And that's the key. You know, you can be strong for one play, what happens on the next play? You know, so you have to have you have to have that muscle endurance and you have to have a way to train that. And that's what calisthenics always did for me is I was able to train that muscle endurance and be able to do it over and over again and understand how to like I said before, it was that lactic acid buildup, like controlling that, being able to recover from that. I never got that from lifting weights. It was only uh, body weight workouts. And that's an interesting thing about NFL, isn't it? If you're on the field for a long time in a drive, either offense or defense, like you, it's, it's max effort every single time. So you can be doing 20, 30-meter repeat sprints over and over and over until you get off the field and you get to go and have a, have a break. It's like in rugby, when I was playing on the wing, I might not get the ball for 35 minutes. <laughs> or two weeks. Which be standing <laughs> that's why you got that trophy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was weeks when I didn't catch the ball. <laughs> 
Um, so let's have a look at like, so, so now where are we going? So we, we've got to this point now where you're sort of getting back into training because you went, when we spoke before, you'd had quite a long break of not really doing a huge amount of training, right? And, and now you sort of like started to pick that up. And, and, and I love working with athletes, uh, particularly from people that have retired because you've, that mentality hasn't gone away. So when we started kind of getting you onto a bit more regular program, I texted you and was like, how long, uh, how many sessions a week are you doing? I thought you might come back and go one, maybe two, if I can fit it in. And you're like, five days a week, baby. <laughs> five days a week, man. I'm not letting you down. I'm not wasting your text messages. I'm getting it done. Don't you worry. So how's it feeling now to be back into a program, starting to move a little bit differently? And let's talk a little bit around this, that, the reduction in back pain that you've received, that you've sort of experienced recently, because we've been trying, trying to work out. Uh, my big objective is if we can work with you to get you pain-free. It, might, it doesn't need to be back to lifting two times body weight and deadlift. I just want you to move without pain, and then we can decide where we want to go from there. Yeah, first of all, when I, when I started um, and you got me back on a program, uh, Mentally, it just felt better. Like just knowing that yeah. I had now taken that first step towards uh, doing what I wanted to do and achieving physical, uh, being pain free. So uh, just starting was great. It was a great uh, feeling. But as I began, I started to see some of the places I was weak and I could start to see pain go away. And then the best thing was being able to uh, come back to you and you articulate back to me on things that I needed to change to, to prevent injuries and then working on that, you know, saying this hurt and that I had a knee pain uh, in my back uh, was hurting in a certain place. And just being able to correct those things and move on was really the key, because the hardest thing with working out and getting a new program is when you start to feel pain or something's wrong. How do I correct that? How do I work around that? Is it technique? Is it something else I need to do? So being able to do that's been instrumental in this process. And now every day I'm just feeling stronger. I can feel my lower back pain going away, which allows me to enjoy the day uh, did the day more, the weeks more, because some days, you know, all day I'm just spending time trying to stretch and figure out how to make my low back pain go away. And, 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 and that's kind of miserable. So just yes. uh, taking taking the time every day to do the workouts, understanding that it's going to make me feel better as a whole has been key. You know, once again, it's all about. Like you said, the physical uh, pension plan, you know, I mean, I'm in finance. I'm all about investing in the future. So uh, <laughs> you can invest all you want. If you're not physically there to enjoy it, what does it matter? So yeah, I look at exactly. it the same way every day I'm going in and it's and it's just compound interest, just a little bit more and a little bit more. So uh, but I will say what you all provide and, and as a professional athlete, I, I've, I've trained with everybody is actionable solutions. Right. It's it's like. All right. This is, you know, I, I truly had a problem. I was trying to do squats the other day and my knee was bothering me. You told me one thing and I, and I did it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I thought I couldn't I couldn't body squat, but it was something I just needed to fix. Yeah. And I think that that's the key. So I'm really enjoying that part of it, understanding that as I hit these next hurdles, how do we work around that and how do we move on from that? That that's been uh, that's that's been really fun and enjoyable. Yeah. Jacko is giving me a little snippet. You know, he says he likes working towards goals. He said to me, he's floated it. He's not mentioned it much, but he did say human flag. So we are, I'm starting to like just, we're going to drip That looks impossible, the human by flag. the way. Uh, I, I've seen you language. two do it. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. <laughs> Redefined your impossible. We, 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 we did it on you. I that's, know. Uh, that's, that's when I was like, these dudes, are, ne everywhere. dudes um, are next level. <laughs> you made, uh, there was a, the point you made right at the beginning that I just wanted to, to pick up on because I think it was it's really, really important that you said like, mentally 
the fact that you started with like started like get back like, I'm, I'm following this program like mentally like how much that helps and I think that there's that there's huge value in that and but when it's linked to um I believe in this program like Tim's show Tim's designed this for me this is what I'm doing you know you're working through the brand new app that the people are working then with the coaching team um which you know, really excited is literally launched today um and that that sort of assurance and trust that like the things that I'm doing um they're the right things so not only am I following something I have trust in it um and you know you build up that trust. Some people, like you, you know, you 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 meet Tim once, and you're gonna you're gonna trust him as your coach, or you've not met him yet, or what, you know, whatever it is. And then, but you 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 have that interaction. You go right. I've got actually now. I've got this problem, and the coach goes, okay. Uh, I think you, I think the issue is this. Like, try loosening off here or strengthening a bit here. How's that feel? And you go, oh, cracky, pain's going away. Like, then it, it makes you just like want to keep investing more and more. And you say that. Then I'm like, yeah. Then I'm. I'm not getting disheartened. Whereas when you have those days or before when you're doing stuff and it's like, just, you've just got pain in your back or whatever the, wherever, whatever the thing is. And you, and you can't, you can't figure out what it is to, you were sort of intuitively like trying to stretch in certain positions. And when nothing seems to work, it, it, it can be so disheartening. Um, and so I think there's that, like, there's that double whammy of like, when I'm following something, I feel better. And then when I'm seeing those results and I'm trusting the process and the person the team or people of coaches that have designed it, then, it's like okay, now now we can start to really move forward, and it's great to hear the results that you're getting with Tim. Um, uh, uh, you know, I can't. I, I, <laughs> I've had I've tweaked my back a few times over the years, and I've had certain injuries that have gone on for for a long time. And like when you don't know, the worst one I had a my head injury where I couldn't run without getting headaches for a year, and you go to the wow. doctor. When uh, when am I gonna get? When am I gonna be better? And they're like, uh, we don't know. <laughs> But we should get better, and it has done, if you know what I mean. But you know, when you've when you snapped your arm and you had a plate put in it, it there's a process. It's like generally six weeks in a cast, then this, then this, and then you'll be back playing. You're like, okay, I've got a timeline. Um, but when you're in some of that sort of like that back pain is a classic one where when's it going to go away? Like, and being able to see some of that, like, you know, it's, it's really great to hear that. Yeah, and all the injuries I've ever had, I'm you know, daily trying to work on those things. I know and I understand that pain is not going to go away. It's just managing them. And so I'm okay with trying things and it not working, but I'm not going to do the same thing over and over again and, and think I'm going to get the right result, right? So I'm I'm willing to adjust and understand this is a process and a journey uh, with as far as I take care of myself, especially with what I've done uh, throughout my entire career. I mean, a lot of people don't put their bodies through uh, what some of us have. So it's uh, it's you have to understand and be sensitive to that, and just go out there and uh, uh, look at it like a process that process that is going to change. Uh, for you know, I'm not going to be doing the same thing I'm doing this year and that I'm going to do next year, but I'm I'm going to enjoy whatever it is, and it's going to be all about getting the best out of my body. Yeah, I think that's a great point for people listening to this. If you've got that injury history, like mine's my shoulders, right? So I had two surgeries, multiple dislocations, which I've told that story to death to, to a lot of people listening on the podcast. But I know that there's stuff that I've got that because there's an issue, it's just something I have to take care of. So I have to be very mindful about how my shoulders are feeling. There's certain stuff that I just always do to stay on top of it because you're just carrying something which is being pretty much broken down. So I think for people listening, if they're like, oh, I'm in pain, well, you shouldn't be in pain. That pain is your brain telling you that there's something wrong. That's how it communicates that the system is, is in some way broken or deficient in, in some areas, strength, stability, mobility, whatever it might be. 
So it's listening to that and then it's understanding and working with somebody to find out what have I got to do to get rid of that pain and then understanding that that's not a, that's not a six-week fix and then crack on for the rest of your life. If you're coming with an injury like a, a back surgery as well, or for me, shoulder surgeries and Jacko's hamstrings, it's just something that you do now. That needs to be part of your continued investment plan as, as a as a to, to stay on top of it because it, otherwise it's likely that it's just going to start to come back in because... As you get weaker, as you get tighter, as you lose strength, you're gonna, your body's going to default back down to finding these little grumbles and issues that, that you've put it through. And as you say, those are come out of contact sports. You kind of, you're left with a few scars that you can't always see of just stuff which is just a bit clattered about and smashed up. So it's a, yeah, there's a key, real, really important point there. Absolutely, yeah. you got to change your habits. You know, change your habits and. Uh and be okay with continuing to change your habits. And, and, and that's the key. Cause you're right. We're, we're all trying to keep our health together and age, you know, a little bit behind us. So, uh, we're trying to stay in front of that. So that, that's the key. Well, it's getting out of pain as well, Jacko, isn't it? Like, we've talked a lot about this, but just don't be in pain. Like, move. Yeah. you've got to move away from that because it's, li- like you say, living in pain and, and just being in that state all the time, it just makes life pretty miserable. Like, it's, miserable. it's not enjoyable. And the, I think there's the, there's a really nice, um, I, I, it's actually when Jason said it there, it's made me, it's made me actually think about it sort of slightly differently. But it, it, it should, it's probably another, everyone will be like, oh, it's obvious that the that that physical pension. You go in, well, we we relate it, or there's that simile with the um, with our with our actual financial pension. Well, you don't get to sort of like 45 and just go, all right, I've put into my my my, my actual financial pension for <laughs> for a while now. I'm just going to stop. Like it'll be okay because it's just spin it, it off. It's not. It's like so we have to we have to keep keep that investment up. Um, which I sounds really obvious. I thought Jackie, we got to forty five and then there. thought I better start. Is that not when you start forty five? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's never too late to start. It's never too late to start. You know that is my advice. But um, yeah, I. Um, <laughs> I was gonna. Get, I was gonna tell you a story about about my about my my actual financial pension. <laughs> about my, I did. That's I, why we get. That's why we actually got you on the podcast, Jason, because we need a bit of financial, financial advice. advice. Hey, listen, <laughs> I, I got to put I my disclaimer at the bottom, you know, got to put the disclaimer at the bottom, but then I can, then we can talk. <laughs> if I did one year of, uh, of, uh, of paying into a teacher's pension and then like left to play rugby and uh, it was like the option was like, do you want, do you want to, do you want to like push, like save that pension sort of somewhere or the money you paid in for this one year, which like equates to like a thousand pounds. It was like, do you want it back? I was like, you know what? I'll have it back. <laughs> so it's just like, I was thinking, I don't know whether that's ever good. I'll just have it back. I'll have it now. Like the opposite of the, the classic Jacko, the opposite of investing in your future. Oh, it's all right. You still got time. <laughs> yeah. You still got time. It's, it's amazing. Like when I um, got into finance and I was explaining concepts uh, to especially a lot of athletes I work with and entertainers, with the athletes, I would talk about going into a gym. I would say, you know, imagine the financial world is in, is a gym. You got all this equipment, right? But you don't go in the gym and just start lifting everything. You have a plan. You don't do everything. You have, you know, you do a little bit one day, another day. But you, you know, you have your unique plan. And 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 people are like, oh yeah, I get that. I understand that. So it became less intimidating because when you look at you know finances, like anything, you're just you're overwhelmed. Like. When you look at what you all are doing, when you first get involved, if you don't have any experience, it's, it's kind of overwhelming. It's like, do I do a human flag tomorrow? Am I, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, you're like, oh, man, what, what do I do? So it's just understanding that uh, this plan is going to be unique to you and what you need. 
And that's the key. It's, it's, it's all about you as an individual and what's important to you. And, and, and when you approach it like that, it's, uh, it's less intimidating. Yeah, there's a couple of people on uh, that are watching this live on on the YouTube of uh, saying that, that they used to play sport themselves. One, a former rugby player, um, finding it extremely interesting, and, and you know, and just providing some of that um, that insight being helpful and uplifting for them. Um, I had probably one my sort of final question for you, Jason, was a little bit around. Obviously, we talked a lot about the training and how you've been, you know, interacting with using the coaching app and and working with us on that. Um, what about the other side of like what happens after training? So like recovery, um, you know, you may have had quite different recovery protocols when you're in the, and when you're working as a, as a pro athlete. Um, but what sort of things are you doing now? I know for, for myself, it, it, we've the, the podcast, um, sponsors, um, Newton Wood have got these fantastic Epsom salts. I've been a massive fan of, of Epsom I'm doing salts that today, for, by the way, to aid in recovery. Yeah. So <laughs> like, what's the, what, what's, what does recovery look like, um, for you? And, um, yeah, have, what's what's been your experience of that? Um, so I can't lie to you too because it would be inappropriate. But I am terrible at recovery in the way that I work too hard. My trainer, my entire career was like, I don't have to worry about you working. I have to worry about you resting. <laughs> yeah. So I have to plan my recovery like I do my workouts. It needs. I need to approach it the same way. Um, for me, it's constant stretching. Constant mobility training. The, the stuff you guys uh, showed me with the, you know, all the, the mobility stuff. I mean, that stuff is so good for me. I didn't know how much I needed that. And that's that's a recovery for me. I need to stay moving. I need, you know, these joints need to stay lubricated. So um, I used to do when the world was open. I was a big uh, sauna, big steam room, big uh, hot and cold tub. That stuff works for yeah. me. Uh, I knew how to flush my body. It was just I needed to. Uh, uh, to sweat all the toxins out and then to heal with the cold tub and stuff. That's why the Epsom salt works and things of that nature. So I really need to plan my recovery. Sometimes I don't because I spend more time thinking about the workouts, but yet I, when I do it and I do it correctly, I see the best results. And, and that is truly when I am living pain free or the best I can be. Yeah, awesome. Yep, those little Epsom salts before bed. <clears throat> Turn the phone off, a little yeah. bit of Epsom salt action sleep like stuff a is amazing yes yeah, so i got another one but i can't tell it on the live uh stream it's 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 it's, it's a good one i used to use when i was playing though it's a uh, yeah is it, is it a bit blue is it is it no 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 it was just it was, it was uh it was peroxide actually oh. hydrogen peroxide in a bath i don't know where i learned this from but it works yeah yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> I don't. I can't even explain it. I can't even explain it. It just disclaimers. Worked. Yeah, I just. I don't. You know. Don't try it. But I did, and it worked. <laughs> it's just my Wait, opinion. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on and uh, and sharing some of that stuff and like yeah, go winding back into what it was like when you finished the NFL. I think there's going to be so many people there that can relate to that, whether they are, as I say, weekend warriors or have played at a higher level. It's um, we all go through the same thing when we become passionately invested in our activity and our sport, and, and it becomes part of who we are. Um, and then I think yeah, giving people hope that if they are listening to this and they are in pain, that all they've got to do is find someone who can help them. And there is there is light. And, and if you think about your history and, and the level that you've played at. If you can move to a place where you're not in pain, that should give people a lot of hope that um, when you've had a bashed up body like yours, that most people probably aren't going to be coming with, with, with such a car crash um, to deal with. So um, I hope that has been useful for people to listen to. But thanks so much, mate, for coming on and, uh, and sharing some wisdom. 
Absolutely. And everybody just understand, just take that first step. Once you take the first step man, it's, you just feel better immediately. So always take that first step and understand there are people there to help just like you two helping me. And you just got to be there and uh, accept it and roll with it. So thank you for having me on. There we have it, Timbo. Another fantastic podcast episode of Adidas himself, but not because of us, because of our guest, Jason. I mean, the guy just oozes energy and in energy in a positivity way. And I think you've said it a number of times before about like positivity just being infectious. And I don't know what people listening, hopefully it's resonated the same. I am just always uplifted by a conversation like that with Jason and also inspired um, to work on my physical pension as much as he is and you know <laughs> we've talked a lot about our previous injuries and stuff in the past and mine are nothing compared to his so i need to just shut up and get on with my physical pension and uh, that i will yeah i think as well there's a lot in there for people that have come out of sport and been injured and we, you and i have both been through that phase of the identity crisis when you're no longer a rugby player because you're not actively playing and I think that hopefully that will really resonate with people so that I think there should be some value in there on a number of different levels and um, yeah I hope it was a it was an enjoyable listen and if you were, were intrigued by and excited about the fact that you get opportunity to work one-on-one with the Scorecard Saints coaching team as part of our new Calisense coaching app then remember that has launched today places are limited and um, because it is not robots it's not an automated process you have to you, you have to <laughs> we as coaches are working with you one-on-one so uh, via the app so uh, do check out the link in the show notes for the details on that um, and uh, yeah take one of those limited spaces and then uh, yeah once those spaces are booked up you're gonna have to wait until the next uh, opening comes to work with the school class coaching team what an opportunity right let's get this signed off Jacko for this week so people can just get on with booking their spot on the coaching app we don't want to just delay them any they're probably chomping at the bit to go onto the website and get themselves one of them slots they, so, they listened at the beginning they're like right I'm having that I'm having one of those because I'm not missing out on that so this bit's irrelevant I wonder how people pulled over in their cars to, uh, to get on the <laughs> yeah. app early doors uh, so I'm going to have a crack at the outro if that's alright if you give it a go uh, <laughs> see whether on brand so, ladies and gentlemen, keep exploring your physical potential through movement, strength, and play. Class dismissed. Did I get it right? Yeah, it was good. Leave this bit on. <laughs>